turns out they were getting like two slices of ham, a loaf of bread and whatever. So this thing with Rashford was, is this, was this, no, no. Yeah, was yeah, it, yeah. It was. Yeah, it was, so yeah, Marcus yeah. Rashford obviously started a campaign about making sure children who needed meals were given them outside of school or when school was going to be closed. Um, unbelievable movement as well. Unbelievable. Enough respect to Marcus Rashford. <clears throat> Hope he never scores against Spurs. But apart from that, <laughs> you've got to give it to him. Developing into a wicked footballer and a, and, a, and a human being from what we can see from his actions. So anyway, the government was stalling on whether to actually back what he was saying. Yeah. So are they going to provide the money to feed these kids if they can't go back to school? Because as you can imagine, your school dinner, maybe your breakfast, when you're going to school, you can get that from there. Parents rely on that shit. Certain parents. So essentially... They were umming and ahhing. Then the opinion polls started showing that there was getting bare backlash for not supporting what Rashford wanted. So the Prime Minister comes out, typical PR style. I rang Marcus personally. We had a conversation. Boris and Marcus on the phone, like two bros having it out. And um, he decided, yes, we're going we're gonna to fund it. And then it turns out after an investigation, panorama style, <clears throat> the food is all off key. Like, you're getting a loaf of bread, two slices of ham, three oranges, and, like, a couple of cans of some drink for the week. So how is, how is no one losing their job there? Or how is there no kind of situation where these people are being held accountable? There has to be some accountability to it, yeah. Yeah, and there's, and there's not enough of that. And I think people are disconnected, bruv. I think they're disconnected from... They know that politicians are on the take. And I'm not here to start bashing politicians. But when you're in a job that's being paid for by the taxpayer and you're in a position of power and authority, you can't be going on like you're... We've elected you into these positions. Yeah. You, there is a certain amount of responsibility you know I mean? that, you, that you owe us. It seems as though that these days, politicians only do what they can to guarantee themselves re-election. It seems that that's the only thing that they care about. The only thing they care about is re-election and their legacy and how they're remembered. I don't know. I think sometimes politicians do things that you think there's no way they're going to get re-elected for that and they end up do getting re-elected. For sure. So... You know, I don't know... George Bush, prime example. Yeah, so maybe the voting systems are, are what... Like in America, you've got this system where you can win one state and it could be worth more points than another state. And like it's all very technical and... America's know, got a new president. Yeah, yeah. And look how he won. Like yeah. he won because he had to get more votes in Georgia than, say, Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, that was the tipping point. Or if, if he could flip, flip certain states... It, very confusing and I don't even want to attempt to try and go into it but it's going to be interesting to see Can I ask you a question? how the 78 year old is going to roll okay good it's good that you mentioned his age um, not age discrimination not age discrimination but just the fact that he's 78, he's 78. Bro. you know it's what I mean he's 78 stressful job like if you, you know what I mean like at 78 you want to be like reflective of course not, not, not like planning of course and preempting yeah. and then striking which I feel it's a super stressful job I mean at 78 you're not you're not as sharp as no one is sharp at seventy-eight. No, no one. And, and I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even like the, the sharpness is. Don't but get me anyway, wrong. Anyway, yeah. Sorry, I wouldn't say. My question was. Yeah, go my on. question. My question was, do you think that Biden is a force for change yeah. or a lesser of two evils? I think there's definitely some changes coming. Okay. I think it's going to be forceful. <laughs> I could tell you that. Um, I I don't know. I don't know about the lesser of two evils because. Without being controversial, I don't know the last time I've seen some real good in, in, in politics, man. Hey. And I don't mean, you know what I mean? I'm sure there are some amazing stories about maybe a council being able to strike some investment and a school gets built. And, and I hope those that shit continues for a long time. But <clears throat> when you start looking at 
prisons in America have been privatized or you start looking at like the free strike rule or you start looking at um, the system where you have more attractiveness in terms of finance when a mother and father aren't together. Like there's loads of shit that, yeah. um, and maybe, maybe, you know, I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't know enough about it, but I just don't see a lot of, I don't see a lot of universal credit. I don't see how that's been a policy for good when all you hear about is people getting like delayed payments or, or, or any of that kind of stuff. Um, I guess we just have to reserve judgment till four years time. Are you going to miss Trump? I think he's hilarious. He should go into stand-up comedy. That's what he needs to do next. There's a few things. I'm glad I'll... he's not running a country. Yeah. I'm very glad of that. Yeah. But he's he's, he's yeah, maybe, a very funny maybe character. Maybe we learned that someone like him should be more of a character that can't have as much influence as exactly. a president. Maybe exactly. that's true. But from from a point of view where <clears throat> there was times, Hash, where he would do these kind of press conferences, right? And he would turn up at a town or a, or a state and he'd have all of the governors of the state there. And then he'd be like, you like what we've done here, Roger? We've done a great job, right? You're happy, yeah? All right, well, I want you to talk to Nigel. Get Nigel to talk to Rob and we'll make sure we continue that, all right? And it's, that's what I love about him, that the way that he, he used to always kind of like guide every, every conversation that he was having. Like, we've been here three days on our... Already, you can see the improvements, <laughs> and that's uh, that. That is that part is what I used to like, and the fact that he was very direct. Like he would say, he would say things like, you know, we've been in, we've been in Afghanistan. What have we achieved? What's the progress? I don't see, I don't see this being very effective. And you know, sometimes Americans like that. People like the directness as opposed to always being diplomatic. So I miss that about him. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's definitely an interesting character. Definitely an interesting character. <clears throat> yeah, he was um, a part of history that I'm sure will be polarised. Very much um, so. Um, because Very of what, so. what, what went down. And it's still ongoing. The saga continues. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be... We've got the... So his uh, trial's coming up soon. Impeachment part two. This impeachment is the second impeachment. Second only, ever, only ever president to be impeached <laughs> yeah. twice. Um, dodged the first one. Um, and we'll see... We're gonna, this is, this is going to be interesting to see. It'll be interesting. All these politicians as well on average, the age they are and how they've been. Like, like Biden, been a politician for 44 years. All we know him was eight years with with Obama. Didn't really hear much in that eight years. And now he's the president. You're right, like, actually. He was quite, quite so, a figure back in Obama's and administration. I'm not, and I'm not a pledging an allegiance to any side. I'm neutral all the way. I just, I just I'm an observer. This is your obs observation. Just like, I just yeah, want to talk from observation. observation. And from obs observational point of view, I don't know if, it's a bit like we needed to get a figurehead that could be enough for the public to move away from Donald to to Joe. We'll see how many films get made about this whole. They're all they're already oh, talking. Wait, something. So yeah, someone <coughs> sent me something today actually. Mm. Uh, one second. They're making a drama on, uh, with Boris being played by yeah by Kenneth Branagh. Crazy. You saw that, yeah? I saw that. I saw um, a little video on YouTube about them. Them make it. They're gonna make it. Yeah, Kenneth Branagh to play Boris Johnson in yeah. in TV drama about COVID crisis. Right. And what date are we at now? Twenty fourth of J Jan. And when did this thing start? January two thousand nineteen. And we're already talking about making a program about it. Why would you make a program about something that ain't even like the event ain't even finished? Like you know, what I mean, that's like making a film about World War Two before World War Two is even finished. But then again, I don't know. Maybe they were making films in 1942 about what had happened from 1939. I don't know. But that, to me, is um, 
Maybe people just want to it, it, you know have content. It will be interesting. Like, what is it going to be? Is it based on a true story? Is it like, what's the program on Netflix? Which one? The Royal one. Oh, The Crown. Yeah, right. So that program. Have you seen that, by the way? I haven't seen it, but I've... Bro, it's so good. Yeah, I keep hearing about it. Yeah, you need the, to watch that. You I have keep, to watch that. I keep... Yeah, but you know what it is with that program? It's not that I don't want to watch it, but the roles don't really entertain me like that. Now, what I mean by that is they're covered enough in the news for me to know all their scandals, like Fergie with her foot in someone's mouth. Okay, so this... Okay, I see where you're coming from. Let me explain to you what this... So this show is less about is less about showing the dramas that we know about, the public dramas, yeah. but more about the... Like the dialogue that might have happened behind closed doors. Not even... That as well, but also showing what the royal family means in society, what their role is and what role they play in society. That's what was amazing about that show. Okay. Because um, they show, for example, in all the seasons so far, they've the Queen obviously has a close relationship with the Prime Minister and every week she hasn't an audience with the with the Prime Minister well, sorry the Prime Minister has an audience with the Queen um, or the other way around Queen has an audience with the Prime Minister anyway no, the queen, they sit together the, and they talk the Queen Fridays. the Queen must be the audience possibly and yeah, he, yeah, must be, he must be relaying to her yeah. potentially what the country's okay. doing events and stuff I don't know we'll have to check, okay, that. We'll check that I'm only trying to do it from my logic but my logic could be shit <laughs> so they sit together every week and they'll talk the Prime Minister will update her on these were the most interesting parts for me uh, in that show. And they'll talk about things that are happening and the Queen will give her, not her input, but her, not even advice because she's not allowed to give advice, more of common okay. sense. She gives him a, she gives the Prime Minister a bit of common sense. And did you like the fact that the programme was showing you how the Queen couldn't be maybe forceful with her requests or her opinion and would have to sort of delicately deliver sentences where she's Precisely. letting her, her herself be exactly. clear, but doing it with diplomacy. Exactly. Yeah, and because obviously, as the public, we never hear those conversations. Yeah. But here's my question to you. That programme and those conversations you're watching, you're being told that this is, um, this is fictional. Yeah, because obviously Netflix were, were asked by a politician to put a disclaimer on the show. Right, so this is my question: When Boris is making this, sorry, this show with Boris that's going to be that's they're going to start making. What dialogue is it? Is it dialogue that's factual, or is it dialogue that's like the Netflix program? Because if it's like the Netflix program, that means we've got a skewed view of what's actually happening. Exactly, you start to you start. They look, they're so paranoid about the Netflix program, they wanted the disclaimer put in, and Netflix was like, "Nah, people are not people are not stupid enough to think that this is true." But COVID is true. So if you're making a program about an event that's true and yeah. about the prime minister's role in that event, you got to, like for me like it has to say whether it's based on a true like for example Contagion yeah sick film about a virus but it doesn't say this film is based on COVID or this film is based on a virus that happened in 1982. Yeah. It makes it clear that it's a fictional movie. It's got um, what's her name in it. Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. Yeah, so what I'm saying to you is that that's, that's a film where you know as a viewer that it's, it's a film, it's a movie. So that's what I'm trying to say. So with Netflix, with Netflix getting pressured for a disclaimer, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this COVID programme that gets made. When you, start, what I'm, when you start blending like true life events with a programme, like it starts to get interesting because, you know, you might have... I'm trying to think of something where... Trying to think of something where we've watched something. What have you watched, bruv? Where like it's a, it's a true event, but in someone in, in in the films kind. Like say for example, the film um, with Kevin Costner, the JFK film. Yeah. Um, what's it called? JFK. Man? Is it called JFK? Called JFK? Yeah, yeah. So that film's by giving, Oliver Stone. Yeah. So that's giving you a perspective of yeah. of what Oliver Stone 
you know how he's he one of my favorite writers and directors yeah but but you know it's a film yeah you know it's a film and i think there's always that kind of case of making sure the viewer's not misled or or is going to watch something and start thinking that that's you know that's true yeah yeah do you know what I mean? There's a, there's, a, there's a responsibility. And that's why sometimes when you watch things like based on a true story, based on real events, like the hurricane, big film. I, had a, I haven't seen it. When I watched it, it had a big effect because it's a true story. Like what you're watching is real. What's the, like, what's the, what's the synopsis? Like essentially, you got he's either a heavyweight fighter or he's a middleweight champion yeah. or he's, he's there or thereabouts and he's framed for a crime he didn't commit by... Was this early Denzel? Not uh, I wouldn't say early. It's mid Denzel. Okay. Mid Denzel... Um, after training day before training day great question uh, yeah check it out I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's before training day I'm gonna say it's before training day but I might be fucking myself up with that <laughs> but essentially he gets framed for a murder and he spends the next 30 years in jail and he's obviously fighting for his freedom and then certain groups are trying to help him as well and then the story gets deep into 1999 Okay, when was training day? I think training day was 2001. Please let... So, what did I say? I said, said before. Yeah, you said... So, training day came out. Yeah, 2001. All right, wicked. When you watch that, you can't help but not get in, in, encapsulated, if you like, or gripped by the story, because you know it's real, and it's, and it's been told to you before the film started that it's real. So, yeah, I just want to make sure... And not I want to make sure, I just want to... I just, I'm just interested to see, sorry... Um, what kind of program they develop about an event so fresh um, in everyone's memory? Yeah, so the Hurricane is a wicked film. Um, the name, the, the name of the fighter is um, I can't remember his first name, but his name was Hurricane Carter, and he was a real fighter. And when he came out of jail, he was awarded the WBC. The, they gave him the belt for all the years that he'd been in jail. Um, but what's wicked about that film is not only is it true, but it there was people that helped him along the way that, that had no connection to him. They had no connection. So it displayed in a film that when humans, when humans have the ability to help each other and there's no value exchange involved, like amazing things can happen, man. And, and there's loads of films that you've probably seen as well where like lawyers or certain people of privilege um, have put the, the their, their, I don't know, their... their the cost of what it costs to work with them to one side. They call it pro promo. They call it uh, pro bono. Pro bono. Yeah. Yeah. So films like that, I, I like because justice shows is a bit of humanity. Yeah, man. It shows a little bit of humanity, and especially get, when some of them know that you can command high fees for what they're doing, but yeah. they need to put that to the side. Yeah, and, and that's what's deep to know that you might have got someone out of jail and you didn't get paid for it, but there's a million people in jail that can't afford to get out that and if they could afford to get out they would th their cases would be thrown out but they haven't got the money to have the time invested by a lawyer so the stories of um just on that from any um kind of crime thing that i've seen on uh, yeah any crime documentary any crime related film any crime related series it just seems that the american justice system is bro fucked. that's such a wicked observation honestly it seems yeah. like because like half that stuff i can't imagine that happening here yeah. And when you, th when you hear these stories, like, how did that happen? Well, let's run through it, right? So we've got, what's the program with the Indian guy that was on Sky? Oh, that was 
was a wicked show. See, straight that away, That was a you wicked know. show. It was a cab driver and he took um, his dad's cab. He was a cab. cab driver, yeah. And then the girl died when they went back to Yeah, he wakes up house. and she's all yeah. chopped up. And that was, um, what was that um, called? It was with One Riz night? Ahmed. Yes. See it what? was called, I'll tell you now, um, The Night Of. The Night Of. The Night Of. You can't get a better program yeah. to take you through the American justice system. Like he went... Oh, he's a wicked actor as well. Yeah. But his transition from yeah. this innocent, scared, confused individual... What, what the system did to him. To what, what, to the, yeah. to, to what he becomes when he's addicted to, to drugs. And, but even the way the program showed you the prisoners that he interacted with. Like the fact that the main dude in prison wanted him preserved because of the intellectual stimulation that he was bringing so the young boy educated coming into the jail was a value to the main man because he could have conversations with him exactly. about educated subjects or, stimulate him mentally. yeah so because of that that dynamic because he took a liking to him as well he didn't he didn't like pollute the young boy but I guess he prepared the young boy for the environment that he was going to be in. He didn't know he was going to get released. So that's why he got him on the, on, on the crack and all of that. But brilliant program. Do you know who was meant to play the detective, by the way? No. Uh, Robert De Niro. Wow. Yeah, Robert De Niro was due to play the detective. I don't the know guy with the bad feet? The, the, no, the, the big guy, the fat guy. Oh, the guy that has um, remorse because exactly. he realises, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, he yes. Was, so De Niro was meant to play that Yeah, role. wasn't the lawyer as well? Wasn't there a... The lawyer the with that. the feet, yeah. He's what, in no, John, John, uh, what's his name? John Fur. He's in so many films. He's in, um, do you know his He's Jesus role? in Big He's Lebowski. Jesus in Big Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody fuck with the Jesus? <laughs> oh, fuck you are. He's brilliant, man. He's absolutely brilliant in that film. But yeah, his feet situation was off key, very off key. But I like John Turturro. Yeah, he's in a lot of um, he's in a lot of Coen Brother films as well. Where brother, oh brother, where are thou? Oh brother, where are thou? Yeah, he's wicked in that, especially the cinema scene. You know when they're in the cinema and they're about to break out. Yeah, and he knows he clocks what they're doing, so he's I'm coming with you. But yeah, he's he's um, George Clooney was sick in that film as well. That was a very good film. Do you know what? When you watch it, you've got to open your mind to know you're watching some weird shit. Like, it's a very weird story, very, the, way yeah, it's, the way it's told. For sure. Like, <clears throat> I guess that kind of film is more about the script and more about the, 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 the characters. Yeah, usually the Coen brothers, they have their, their films follow that kind of structure. Have you seen um, one with Brad Pitt and George Clooney where he, fi <laughs> where he finds the CD? <laughs> Bruv. Burn After Reading. Burn After Reading. That film is unreal. <laughs> That what about when Brad Pitt rings? <laughs> he rings John Malkovich and he's like, he kept saying his name. Is, goes, is What's this? his name? Oh, I need to find out. He goes, is this Brad? He goes, of course it's fucking Brad. You're speaking to him. You rang me. <laughs> that was a bad boy film. Do you know what's brilliant about that film as well? Just like how Osborne shocking. Cox. Is this Osborne Cox? Yeah. <laughs> but there's so many yes, once again. Yes, it's Osborne Cox. But once again, look what we're laughing at. We're laughing at the script. The, the, the way that the characters are saying the words and and how the characters are. Like you've got an eccentric woman who's hell-bent on meeting a fella and changing her whole body. You've got Brad Pitt who's like, I don't know, I guess, a, I, I hate to say it, but he's a bit like me. Like he, he, like he just finds enthusiasm yeah, in, yeah. In, in everything. <laughs> yeah. Like bit, everything becomes bigger than what it should be. Nothing wrong with that, even though he gets shot in the head. But um, I just love it when they when they put the CD in the computer and already he's kind of yeah these are secrets. This is yeah. But when he turns up out of secret shit, when he turns up out of flat and he's like fully like invested in they've got to make this call, they've call. got to negotiate the money for yeah, her yeah, to yeah. get her to get her surgery and all that shit. And you know what else is wicked about that film? You know what else is wicked? 
the debriefing scenes. The debriefing. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> The two geezers. So unnecessarily formal. <laughs> so formal. But so formal. But the way they're chatting to each other, they could bust out laughing at any time. But it's just wicked. Like, do they, does anyone know that we had an operative in the house? No, sir. It appears that nobody was even aware that he was an operative and the body's already been burned. So we don't have to do nothing at all. Sir, it would appear that we're out of the scot-free. So yeah, those debriefing. But yeah, good film. Really? If you ain't seen it, yeah, fantastic film. Highly recommended. Yeah, definitely, definitely highly recommended. And even even for a time like what we're going through now, these are good films to switch off. Like the storyline is so crazy. Like the fact that you have got Malkovich and the whole marriage falling apart, how he ends up on the outside of the marital home, so to speak. How George Clooney. I mean, the way that Clooney is connected to Malkovich, um, Brad Pitt. The lady in the gym. Don't, don't, yeah, don't, yeah. I do that. That's a big. A lot of people that know me will always say, "Don't let a." No, but you, you can say it because you know I've seen it. But we want yeah. people to watch it. But a lot of people would say when it comes to describing yeah, yeah, yeah. films, someone <laughs> that ain't watched them before, I'm terrible for that shit. So I ain't the one when it comes to that. But definitely watch it. It's a good film. You can switch off. You can switch and it's off. A, it's a, it, that's it's a fun, that's the main fun and like yeah and like yeah. Anyway, we're not gonna spoil it. We're gonna spoil it. How do we get to Crown Brothers? We we're just talking about. Their style of films. No, okay, we were talking about the justice system in America. Yes. We took a mad turn. Yeah, right, so, yeah, but let's quickly go back. So we've got The Night Of yeah. and The Hurricane. Yeah. What else is a, is a film? Like Justice. Or something that, that showcases how fucked up how fucked up that system is. Oh my God, The Shawshank Redemption. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. you cannot have a better film to showcase just the you know the types of fuckery that's my dad's favourite film you know what I mean and you know what's deep you know what's deep when you watch them films you tend to forget the fuckery that's happened to them and you tend to just focus on their perseverance their resilience their ability to see the the positive in everything and, and, and the dignity they have but at the same time like you can understand you can understand the stories about people that go through that shit and fucking jump off a building or hang themselves in their jail because they just think, I have been screwed in the fucking a-hole in a major way. And it just seems that it hasn't changed over the years. If anything, it's, it's seemingly worse. Explain, explain, the, explain the, um, the three strike rule. Right, so three strike rule. If I get any of this wrong, that's my disclaimer. If I get any of this wrong, I'm sorry, <laughs> but this is my you understanding. You never usually are anyway. You, you, you always disclaim that, but you, no, but I'm, you're I'm usually to, on Yeah, point because there's probably point. layers of it that I don't really know about, but... Well, there's Google here to fill in any gaps. Exactly, and people can do their own research. Like, this is just prompting you to go and do your own research. Once you do that, you get your own opinion, and then you crack on in life. So, essentially, in America, if you was to commit three felonies, you would go to jail automatically for life. Regardless of the felonies? Regardless of the felonies. Now, I don't know what... There's a difference between misdemeanor... Minor felonies, major felonies, th- there's differences what a felony is. But I'm pretty sure in America, a felony might be drink driving. So if you get done for drink driving like two times. And Life maybe, in prison. And then maybe you get caught with a bit of weed. Yeah. Like you're fucked. I'll tell you what I, t- I tell our viewers to do. Go onto Google and see what the stats were of how many prisoners there were before this free strike rule was introduced to how many prisoners there are now that the three strike rule has been uh, introduced and you will see the increase so these are tactics and policies that were put in place to incarcerate 
um, more people because incarceration is a privatised business. And I'm not going down any roads again of conspiracies, but let's talk about privatised businesses. What is the main purpose of a business that is private? To make profits. Exactly. So if you're in the industry and your um, motivation or your purpose as a private business is to make sure there is an individual in all of those cells, you are going to try and create or persuade or um, push for changes in society for sure. that p- can put people in jail for longer. For sure. And This has been exposed. This stuff's been exposed. It's been exposed. Exactly. So we're not, we're not talking about anything new. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's plenty of films that we've seen. Eddie Murphy, M- Martin Lawrence, the film Life. There's loads of other films where um, people have been... Se- Sylvester Stallone. Bad boy film, lock up if you ain't seen it. You know, people that get sent to jail just on pure fuckery, <clears throat> but they're worth value. They're worth money to the to the state or they're worth money um, to these private businesses um, by having people in prison. So, yeah, it's a fucked up situation and um, it's been going on for ages, Hash, but I don't know w- when you'll ever see um, any changes. So anyway, when I came in here, I noticed you was playing FIFA. I was playing FIFA. So is that one of your is that one of your corona remedies or was you always a gamer? Place I've always been a gamer. PlayStation has been a saviour through two thousand and twenty. And still Thank you, PlayStation. Thank you, PlayStation. And still in two thousand twenty one it proves itself to be the saviour. I play a lot of Warzone, play Call of Duty Warzone. And what is that? An online game? It's an online game, yeah. Do you not find the online game can take over your whole life? No, so what I do is I play with I play with my three friends, play with my three boys. You can call them your friends. <laughs> your special friends, Hash. That's okay, bro. <laughs> friends? Um, yeah. yeah, no, so we play every night. Basically, so scheduled. Scheduled, yeah. yeah scheduled. We have a group. We have a specific Call of Duty group. But FIFA, FIFA I, I dip into now and again. Obviously, I like playing it when with someone, if someone sat next to me, because mm-hmm. there's more of like, there's a competitive... There's a competitive nature that I struggle. <laughs> I struggle as I've as I've got older, because I don't play them games as much as I used yeah. to. If I lose on FIFA, it's painful. Yeah, there's a proper competitive nature to it. Um, like, why did you ask me about gaming? No, just because like obviously with what's going on, yeah, I see an acceleration in it. For sure, I see an it's acceleration. A form of escapism. Yeah, that and also the acceleration of the technology mm-hmm. because of the demand. The demand for better immersive gaming is going to come yeah. because people are may or people may be confined to their home or restrictions on movement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like what we're seeing now, and what we've seen now has been going on for just over a year. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure if you looked at any gaming data, yeah, it would be through the roof. For sure. So I brought it up because I'm sure it's a good pastime to have as part of an overall kind of way of passing time. Um, but how far it's already come and how far it's already going and, and where it's going to go, I think we're going to see a big speed up in that. Like, for example, I heard there's a place in America where you can go and you get fitted with like haptic suits. Really? Yeah. You get fitted with haptic suits, bro. And you play like four or five different games. And one of them is like a ghost and ghouls game where like ghosts are going through your body. So like they're like you're shooting them, but the ones you don't shoot are obviously running through you. Yeah, yeah. And obviously the haptic suit it's is nuts. A, yeah, exactly. But that's the, we're probably not far off that being in we're your not. house. Are you a gamer? I was when I was younger, but not, not not nowhere near as much now. I used to play loads of football games. I used to love Grand Theft Auto. I used to love any game that had a storyline. There's a game called Heavy Rain. Basically, this is the first ever game where you, the decisions that you made would dictate the storyline of the game. So if anyone's got a PlayStation 3 and never played Heavy Rain, 
or can play heavy rain. It's a wicked game. So any what I'm saying is I like games that I like games that have a storyline to them. I used to play I used to play Call of Duty when it was uh, campaign mode. I love campaign mode. Call yeah, of Duty. but then, but then they, they, these games got shorter and shorter. Yeah, they because did. they wanted you to go online. Yeah, they did. The first Modern Warfare was incredible. Yeah. The first Grand Theft Auto, the Gra- not the, yeah, first, the first, not the first one. The Grand Theft Auto. Liberty way. City. Which one? Liberty City. Vice City. Liberty City was first. Sorry, Liberty City yeah, was yeah. first. My bad. Yeah, Liberty City was value for money. Yeah, it was like. I ain't gonna see no one for seven days. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't gone. call me, don't contact me. Yeah, and it was so exciting that I was like, I can't believe I've got a game that I can play until I can fall asleep. Yeah, <laughs> like, and, it's a, and it's a city where I can do whatever I want. Yeah, that was that was that element was unbelievable because you'd never seen that before. So I would I was one of them game players that I'd go into every strip club, I'd go into every bar, <laughs> I'd buy every car. I'd, 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 I'd have do all the little side missions I'd as have well. ev- I'd do all the side missions but I'd, I'd have every house with a car in every garage yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, same, I fully same, threw same. myself into same, same. I fully threw myself into the game but obviously as you get older you know like not to sound like some stereotype but the, the motivations sort of disappeared if you like and the games became a bit repetitive like the last Grand Theft Auto I played was with a geezer called Nico. Nico Bellic. Yeah. And like you have to kill your mate at the end or don't kill your mate. I yeah, can't remember. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. kill your girl exactly or something. It. it had a few levels where you would yeah. decide which way the game would go. So it, it went deep, but it was still the same shit. So that's when I sort of started. Did you play the latest one? I haven't or played. the most recent no, one? No, I haven't played. But I am thinking about getting back into gaming okay. because I've been playing Mario. So my mate's got a connect. Yeah, my mate's got a connect, right? So we've we've done Mario World on the Connect. We've done Luigi, the Ghost one, and now we're playing. Basically, we're playing. We're playing like a game that's three different Marios in one game, all from different Nintendo consoles. So the Wii um, and two other Nintendo consoles. I can't remember which ones they are. Switch. Yeah, the Switch is one. No, the Switch is the console we're playing it on now. Oh, okay. But the games are retro games. Oh, so I'm playing. I'm playing a Mario at the moment. Okay. From Wii. I'm playing a Wii, a, Mar- oh, okay. a Mario that come out on Wii. I'm playing it on the Switch. Well, that's sick. Yeah. So and we've already played Mario 3D World, which is the one that was made for the Switch okay. and Luigi. So like, whoever made these games, yeah, it's definitely on LSD. Right? <laughs> I'm not even joking with you. Like, put on any Mario game, yeah, in the last say 10 years, and like the levels, the colors, the design, the features, the animations, they're all off your nut, trippy kind of shit going on. Like the levels are very, very like interesting in terms of their layout. Very psychedelic is the only way I can put it. I mean, there's mushrooms in the game. There's mushrooms and you get bigger. Mushrooms and you get life. Flowers that give you power. Exactly. So the game (laughs) is definitely, you know what? There's something to that. I've never looked at it like that. You know that? That's a good way. I've never looked at it like that. It's true. There's mushrooms in it. There's stars in the game with smiles (laughs) on their faces. Yeah, it's it's, 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 it's deep. It's a trippy game. It was it was helping. It, not it was helping. But it, it's like it's it's been nice to pass the time playing a very light-hearted game, mm. platform game, very easy to play. Um, so yeah, I was just wondering how much how much gaming has come into into your time, considering everything everything that's going on. Like, how do you see like all this VR gaming? Like, you... I'm interested in that. Okay. Yeah. I'm interested in that. And when when it gets to a stage, I've seen it on the PS5. It looks pretty nuts, to be honest. Do you see it as? Do you see it more as a? Do you see it more as a novelty thing, or do you see it becoming? No, it's definitely the future of gaming. Right, hundred percent so, the future. What's that okay. film that we spoke about? Ready Player Ready One. Ready Player One. That kind of tells you all you need to know. That that film to me might as well have said underneath the title, "This it's is the, the real future." Yeah, hundred percent. Like I'm not even 100%. Ready Player One. 
please everyone, yeah. whoever's listening to this, if you ain't seen it, watch it. Like, Steven Spielberg, enough said. Yeah. And Steven Spielberg's been involved in very big films across many decades that have shaped many different things. For sure. But yeah, it's a wicked film. Scorsese's making a new film. It's called... The Flowers of Something Moon. Right. Now, that film is a book. Get it up and see what it says on the front of the book about the Assage, something about the Assage tribe and the creation of the FBI. Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, and what, what does it sound underneath it? So, Killers of the Flower Moon, the Osage murders or Osage murders and the birth of the FBI. Right, so imagine, I've it's seen that. It's a third non-fiction book by the American journalist David Graham. Right, so I see that on Google. Robert De Niro and Leo Di... Oy. That's what I'm saying. But check this, Hash, this is my point. So you see that, then you go to YouTube yeah. and you find out what the Assage murders were. Bro, you know what they are? Investigate a series of murders of wealthy... How do you say that? Osage or Osage? These were like Indian oil in, baroners. After big oil deposits were discovered beneath their land. Na they were Native Americans. Oh, okay. Big story, man. But what's the, what's the beauty of YouTube is that I can take the front cover of an upcoming film yeah. about a subject matter that I don't know nothing about yeah. and I can go and watch a documentary on it for an hour. And that's, what, that's what's wicked about YouTube, the way that you can be presented with stuff you don't really know about and then you can go and investigate it more. Now, I'm not saying you know YouTube should be your only source, but it's a very good way of you filtering you through... Get background information on the top. Yeah, and some of the, the production on there is not user-generated. It will be real documentaries, like yeah. the one that I watched on this particular subject of the Assange murders. Have you really seen something about this? Yeah, I've seen something about it, man. Um, the people on the documentary were part of that tribe. They're from that area. And they were talking about you know, how certain congressmen were voted in, they were promised better guardianship. So it was as if this tribe was being babied, like, like, like the American politicians were saying, don't worry, like, we'll do it, we'll do everything, we'll, like, we'll bring you in, but we'll be the ones that will like, distribute your wealth. And like, you heard some mad stories, like they would, they would get the tribes addicted to drugs via doctors so that they could get them to like, release their wealth. Mm -hmm. But their wealth wasn't being given to them properly. It was like, basically something amazing has been discovered under your land. Like, we're going to let you enjoy it, but in a controlled way, you know, so it was all exploitation. So when's this due to come out? I think it says 2021. Is it later on this so year? The book is being adapted into a film directed by Michael Scorsese and starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro on a 200 mil plus budget. What? It will be released theatrically by Paramount Pictures and streaming on Apple TV+. Plus. What's Carly, there's no release date for this for the film. Okay. okay so is it in production? Must be, yeah. It must be in, in early pre-production. What's your, what's your Scorsese film? Goodfellas. Really? Yeah. Goodfellas. Casino. I'm, but I, yeah, Casino, casino for sure. Casino's in there as well. Yeah. Casino. But it'll be, it'll be Goodfellas. Okay. Goodfellas, Casino, Raging Bull, Wolf of Wall Street, and well, Departed is coming after And then them. Taxi. Taxi, taxi driver. driver. Didn't he make Departed as well? Oh, yeah, shit. I forgot about Departed. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, that's a bad film, man. That's one of my favourite that, 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 um, <sighs> performances by... Um, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Wow. Jack's a bad man, though. Wow. He's been a bad man for many years, you know Okay, that. so no, okay, I want to change the order now. It'll be Goodfellas, yeah. Casino, Departed, yeah. Raging Bull, Wolf yeah. of Wall Street, Taxi Driver. Yeah. Also, we remember we spoke about Italian America. <laughs> for anyone that hasn't seen that, you need to go watch that. For anyone that hasn't seen any of them films that you just mentioned, yeah, firstly go watch them. You got to watch them, yeah. and then tell tell them tell them that little Scorsese thing and where it is on YouTube. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, so Scorsese did a 
documentary. Not really. It's not even a documentary. He did this it's amazing like an interview, thing. really, isn't it? Huh? It's like an interview. It's like an interview. Yeah. He he put cameras. No, he came with cameras. Yes. To his parents' uh, apartment, and they just spent the evening with them. His yeah. mom was cooking dinner for them, and the dad was sharing stories about him coming over to New York as an Italian, and the kind of vibe that was in the area, and the things that he used to experience in the area, and then you'd have they related his mom. God rest us all, and his dad. Like the bands that they had between them, it was amazing. They definitely had um, that kind of traditional um, marriage they chemistry. Did. They did. Like, why are you always, why are you always trying to shout? Why are you always trying to moan at me? <laughs> like, and he was, he was quite reserved on camera. Yeah, yeah. But you could tell. I think there's a part where she's like holding his hand or yeah, they hold hands. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's brilliant because you could already see that Scorsese was in love with the romance of the Italian culture. For sure. And you see that in all his films. For sure. You see that between Joe Pesci and, once again, Scorsese's mum, but when she's playing the role of Joe Pesci's mum. In Goodfellas. In Goodfellas. Um, also with Henry and his wife, you know, you see a, a dynamic of their marriage as well. Um, and just also, even in even though Scorsese's dad was a, you know, a, a legitimate guy, obviously, traditional Italian, hardworking man, um, just how all, all all of many Italians of that era, of the men of that era, probably had similar kind of whether they were mafia or not, um, and and you could tell Scorsese wanted to capture that on camera yeah, yeah. for the world to see because he was probably fascinated by it. Yeah, yeah. You know, for a man to want to interview his parents um, and showcase like, so Ma, what are you cooking? What you got going on in the kitchen? And she's like, well, I got the meatballs, and a lot of Italian people they like to drain it first, but I like to do it like this. <laughs> she's fucking wicked, man. She's wicked. If you ain't seen it, check it out. What's it called? Italian America. Yeah, but yeah, it just I just think he was he obviously wanted the world to see that. And if you look at a lot of stuff that captures the world. Like, just to go to a completely different spectrum, <clears throat> if you look at Snoop Dogg and, like, how he pushed, you know, the Crips and that whole kind of gang-banging lifestyle, but from a cultural point of view, not as much the sinister point of view, you know, there's a reason why clothing labels or certain fashion, that's become mainstream. But that, that happens in a, in a small part, originated in a small part of L.A. So it's, it's amazing how these little... Um, moments and capturings of cultures can really transcend and mafia films and italian culture is probably you know been given a real magnifying glass because of scorsese yeah yeah, yeah. do you know what i mean sure. and, and francis Ford capella um he's up there as well but okay so that's your those yeah, are your what, what's, what's your order i don't know i guess for me i think my orders i'm only going to base so my criteria is to impact. be honest there isn't really an order with with any i, I even like I don't think there's orders with, with a lot of things because it's hard to put things into order that's why i hate the question when people say what's your top three top five yeah, or top because you have, to, like, I have no idea there's so many films yeah. i love but if i'm gonna if i'm gonna base it on i always try and base it on impact on me yeah. like i'm not gonna base it on you know what the media says or what the narrative is or you know so i'd say you're right there are certain films that you hold close to you um but other than that it's like casino to, uh, for me is the illest yeah like it's so dark so dark but so psychotic like joe pesci is there to look after de niro but in the same breath he wants to take him out you know what i mean once he's fucking his wife and different things are going on but the way that the film showed it from like a corruption point of view mm -hmm. like joe pesci became bigger and bigger and bigger out there and felt more and more untouchable mm -hmm. that he was acting the way he was acting but it had an impact on me because a lot of the scenes in that film like when they get beaten up buried when they get buried alive i love the scene where they beat up james wood just the wicked wicked scenes and then also just like the way that you've got the voiceover and there's the part where they go like the boys at the boys the 
the old guys from back home had had enough of Nicky and it was time for him to go. It's, and then he goes, he's causing too many problems. He's fucking the Jew's wife. We've we got to take care of him. We've got to take care of it. And then and then they obviously get rid of him. So I realised, sorry, just on that point, I realised um, why I like Scorsese films so much is because of the because yeah. of the character voiceovers. In all the films. In all the films. But yeah. they do it in a way where like they're not telling us about the plot. They're telling us how they were feeling of what yes. they were going through at the time. Yes. So it gives you this whole yes. other dimension of the character. Yes. And that's another... Ro- like Henry Hill Roma- Goodfellas. Like, yeah, because of the romance. Because like of the when, romance. When, when Henry's like, right, I had to get up. I had to get my brother from the airport. I had to get back, mix the meatballs, go over to Susan's house, do the cut. Like when he's going through that whole thing, he's like, everywhere I'm going, I'm seeing this helicopter. And it's free. Anyway, I get Karen in the car. We go back to the house. We do this and we take care of that. I tell her, whatever you do, don't use the landline. You're riding with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're riding with him. So, so yeah, I'm going to say Casino is, is, is my number one school Scorsese film because um, I can watch it as well. I can watch it comfortably. Like, I don't have to say I watched it recently. I don't want to watch it again. Um, and then after that, I'd probably go, probably go Departed. So many twists and turns. So many twists and turns. So many twists and turns. So many layers to that yeah. film and the characters in it. Alec Baldwin is not even <laughs> in it for long. Fucking sick. The way that he just is goes in that nuts film. All the time. Just why isn't there a camera over there in that corner recording? Can I come see you real quick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so wicked. Marky Mark Wahlberg is brilliant as well. Like just the way that he's he plays that Aggie geezer on purpose to like antagonize DiCaprio. There were so many sick individual characters in that film, but for sure the standout performance was Jack Nichols. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable in that film. So many wicked lines. So many wicked lines. When I tell you to get rid of a body, I don't expect you to dump it where someone goes on a Thursday night to get a John Hancock. He goes, when I tell you to dump a body in the marshes, you dump him in the marshes. (laughs) But he's, he's... Jack Nicholson, like I said, he's been a bad man for years. Yeah. Like, even when he goes and watch basketball matches. Like, anyone that ain't seen Jack Nicholson films, watch The One Who Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest, as good as it gets. Um, was it the, Witch of, the Witches of Eastwick? I love As Good As It Gets. Yeah. Um, as Good As It Gets is brilliant. The Shining as well. The Shining yeah. is a big film. I've not seen that for years. It's a big film. So I can't comment on that. But but that's a good thing about, once again, about if you've got this downtime, like you can take an actor, right? You can say, okay, I'm going to take Jack Nicholson, for example. And, and I'm do gonna his catalogue. I'm going to watch Jack Nicholson yeah, films for the, next, for the next week. Like you don't have to go, you don't have to like watch them like from seven in the morning, seven in the evening till three in the morning. But just know every night you've got a Jack Nicholson film. Yeah. And that'll get you through about 30 weeks yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's made loads of movies. Yeah. And then if you want to mix it up, Monday's De Niro night, Tuesday's Pacino night, Wednesday's Tom Hanks night. Yeah. And for anyone that's young, you should be loving it because there's so many films you haven't seen yeah. like that are wicked and, will, that, and, and stand the test of time. So we, you know, to try and aid that some of that boredom or anxiety, just pick seven top actors Monday to Sunday and take a film from each of them and watch Monday that actor, Tuesday that actor. For sure. And... You know what I mean? It's just another little thing for you because you're watching stuff you ain't never seen before mm-hmm. and there's so much wicked stuff for you to be, you know. And, 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 and the reason I say that is because those when you're watching those films, that might be two hours away from Twitter or mm-hmm. two hours away from Instagram or two hours away from for watching sure. Takeshi 6 9 like be a dickhead. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or some bullshit like that. Like, get yeah. away from all that funky shit for a couple of hours. Just for a couple of hours. Because you. the funky Absolutely shit right. the funky shit can be entertaining. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But don't get, like, lost in, in, in loads you. of it. You. 
So there's a little bit of um, of some movie kind of kind of ways you can do it because there's so many wicked movies that people can watch that might bring a little bit of hope, laughter, calmness, whatever it might bring. There's a there's there's a way for you. Or, or you might say Monday's comedy night, Tuesday's horror night, Wednesday's sci-fi night, Thursday's whatever fucking romance night, rom-coms. Just you know films you can structure it so, and then you can and even with shows you can say bam Monday I want to watch a show on a famous politician, Tuesday I want to show I want to watch a show on a favorite fa- famous leader, Wednesday I want to watch a show. <clears throat> on a famous doctor. Do you know what I mean? You, there's so many things you can do yeah. just through the downtime, complemented to whatever. I don't know, I'm waffling. I think that's a lovely way to end this episode. Yeah.